Shocktober continues, and so does our love affair with Nicolas Cage as we talk about Season of the Witch. Also, a short audio note, Elliot's microphone appears to have had uh, some problem with it during the early part of this episode, but keep listening as we do eventually fix the problem. Our apologies for the technical difficulties. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, I'm Stuart Wellington. And hello, Elliot Kalen over here. <laughs> hey, guys. Right on. All three of us are here, so that's we're some back. good news. We're back. The three. Must I mean, you're three. saying that like we're never three together. Guys. guys that are three in number. I, I mean, I think that our. He's us. already singing. Three of us. Just the three of us. I think our listeners appreciate the effort we put into getting guests, good guest hosts, but, but they have, also they also love. Host. The original Peaches. There was a period when we had a lot of guest hosts, mm-hmm. but recently we've had many more episodes where all three of us yeah. are guest hosts. Yeah. Each time you go, hey, all three of us, like we invented the fucking wheel. Yeah, what's <laughs> going on there, guy? We didn't win the Nobel Prize. Fella. We just like, found a night we were all free to watch Season of the Witch. When you we can didn't, no we longer... didn't kill some kind of demon and send it back to wherever demons come from. When you can no longer take joy in the small things in life, that's when you know that you're clinically depressed. So... Maybe you guys need to turn that gaze on yourselves. Is, like in the man in the mirror? gaze on ourselves? <laughs> yeah. Dan, is this more of your homophobic ranting? <laughs> I am wearing a tuxedo. <laughs> oh, yep. Yeah. Listeners, if you hear anything different, it's because Dan's not wearing pants. He's instead wearing a Speedo with a tuxedo design on it. Stuart, would you like to explain this? Dan's taking it for what we in the industry call a test drive. <laughs> the industry of tuxedo Speedo uh, wearers. Yeah, it's an industry. And uh, in preparation for my upcoming nuptials where the male guests are encouraged to purchase and then wear a tuxedo speedo. Now, I want to I want to tell a story about this. I uh, You're right. This is a story podcast. I got the, <laughs> I received, Can we just get to the letters? <laughs> no, I received a package with this tuxedo in it uh, at work and um, I I was I was holding it up. I was I was it's showing good my um my office mate Joe Miller uh, this uh, sexual harassment <laughs> this this speedo and I said uh, and she she said oh is that is different it? from sexual harassment yeah that's when you use jazz oh, okay jazz. <laughs> and her response was so this is for your non-gay friend's wedding <laughs> and Elliot and I had to sort of explain I think that's a pretty good way to describe me as a non-gay <laughs> friend the, the guy the non-gay friend with a big bushy mustache wears a tuxedo speedo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to it's explain about that. We had to explain Stuart to Joe, uh, which led Ellie to say uh, he's just very comfortable with his body. That was how <laughs> Elliot explained Stuart. I yep, I don't remember. You yeah. just got to give in to the rhythm of the night, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving along. Uh, oh, but, but before, what do we do here? Now, before we get into it, I just want to. Um, <laughs> I think the table, so I have to see less of your fleshy thigh. Upper thighs. <laughs> These are toned, friend. Well, they're really toned. They're they're not very tanned. No, they're not very tanned. No, that's what I meant. Toned, not tanned. Was it your uh, your pale uh, mm-hmm. Tim Burton esque thigh? Your hairy. <laughs> 
shading into pubic area. <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, yeah, I mean, you'll you'll put some beads in it when we're down in Puerto Rico. <laughs> this, this podcast isn't rated X for. A <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Mad Magazine rating? <laughs> yes, rated black. <laughs> so. <laughs> No, but before we get into it, I did want to say... Um, we got into it. Yeah, we're into it. <laughs> we're into it. We're in the mix, guys. We're, ball, we're balls deep. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Uh, you may be uh, hearing a slight audio difference. Uh, we have, fingers crossed and wood knocked upon, uh, solved the audio issue. Uh, we got some some shorter chords. So if you're currently hearing reggaeton music, we will look like assholes <laughs> now. <laughs> Well, I mean, you, maybe you should look outside. Maybe someone is driving by in their car. They're or playing music loudly. Maybe you're in a band yeah. that plays that kind of music. Yeah. You're listening to this podcast during rehearsal. Maybe probably. you're schizophrenic and you hear music all the time. Uh, these are all things you should look into. Maybe you uh, killed a reggaeton musician by accident and a curse was put on you. Mm-hmm. Sure. So you'd always hear their music. Gypsies play that music, right? Yeah, gypsies. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, so, so I think we got the important points out of the way, the tech speedo, the audio quality, quality. we're recording this uh, episode earlier than normal. That's a pretty Mm -hmm. big deal. You can probably tell we have a lot more energy. We got a lot more spice. Um, okay. (laughs) Spice. So. Let's not parse that sentence. Wiz, Wizatarak. So, should we talk about the movie? Sure, why not? We are uh, seven minutes into this. Well, some of that's outtakes. Sure, all of it, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So, we, this is a new episode. Uh, All you new listeners, this is our Nicholas Cage cast. No, it's not. Cage House. Cage House. (laughs) Inaccurate. Where we watch movies featuring Nicholas Cage, and then we talk about them, generally favorably, if I recall. Yeah, well, almost always. Uh, He's never made a bad movie. This episode is dedicated to his latest uh, work of art. Mm-hmm. This Shocktober episode. Yeah, oh, my mistake. It's a Shocktober episode, yeah, which was probably indicated by the lead-in music. Yeah. Um, and it is season... Wait, what were you going to say? The Shocktober episodes of the podcast is that they are horror movies, as opposed to other times of the year when they are horror movies. <laughs> Can I introduce the movie now? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, okay. Well, season... The thing about the movie is... Oh, well, so you should tell me. Okay. Season. Okay, but we're not really a Nicolas Cage podcast, right? No. Okay. Of the witch. <laughs> right. The popular season of the witch. Oh, right. You missed that first part. Someone bought the bought the rights to the popular Donovan song and nope. turned it into a film. This it's like Battleship the movie, right? Then this yeah. is not the first movie called Season of the Witch. It's also a George Romero what? movie. What? Is it about knights battling demons? No, it's about a, a suburban housewife who joins a coven. Wait, right. isn't that doesn't that movie have an alternate title though? I yes, feel I like think so. I can't remember. It's not Coven or Coven though. That's a movie mm-hmm. from an American movie. It's not Night of the Demons. Not Night of the Demon. It's or not Night, Night of the Demons Two. Nope. More knights, more demons. Mm-hmm. Okay, so season of the witch. So Wait, the is it Bordello of Blood? No, it is not. It is not Tales from the Dark Side of the Movie, nor is it Creepshow. <laughs> Creepshow 2, it is not. Popcorn, <laughs> buy a bag, go home in a box. <laughs> it is not Hot Dog Movie. All fucking trails go back and lead back to fucking Hot Dog, huh? <laughs> so, Stuart, you did a good job of summarizing the movie last time. Do you want to try again this time? No, I wasn't paying attention this time. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, then I'll do it. Uh, let's see if I can remember it. I was so distracted by seeing so much of Dan's area. Uh, but let's see. 
Nicholas Cage is a demon? No. Nicholas <laughs> Nicholas open with a priest killing a bunch of women who have been accused of being witches. And he has to after killing them, he has to say over their body a prayer from what they call the Book of a Solomon. A prayer for Owen Meany. A prayer for mm-hmm. Owen Meany. From the, from the Book of Solomon, even though it's written in Latin, a language I'm pretty sure didn't exist when Solomon was king. Anywho, moving on from that. <laughs> but he fails to stop one of the witches who kill him. What what language is he speaking? Latin. Okay. No, but the whole time. The whole time of the movie? Yeah, the whole English. time. Yeah, he's talking English with a very bland English, uh, like this American accent. This is a movie that takes place in the Middle Ages. Uh, I should have mentioned that. In the 13th and 14th centuries. But everyone has... A.D. A.D., as the titles tell us, in case we forgot. Uh, but there, everyone's... No one has... There's no uniform accents. Everyone in this movie has a different accent. I think even the British... Uh, some of the British guys have bland American accents. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, uh, several of the American actors uh, appear to be doing a slight English accent. And then, as you point out, there's an English actor who is doing kind of like a... Uh, American gangster accent or something. Well, and it's it's like Star Wars that way, where it's kind of England, but it's kind of not England. We're talking about death sticks. Who <laughs> yes, knows? Exactly. Uh, anyway, then we go. We cut to it's the Crusades, and Nicolas Cage and Ron Perlman are two night fighting buddies who have joined the Crusades together. They generally have a rousy good time, mm-hmm. fighting Muslims, killing people, and getting drinks at the local taverns that apparently exist. In the Muslim... Yeah, right next to the Crusades. <laughs> yeah, conveniently <laughs> located adjacent to the Crusades. Uh, until one day they attack a fort and Nicolas Cage realizes they're killing women and children. He realizes because he runs he through runs the gate and he stabs a woman. He runs through the gate sword first and in the fog of war runs it all the way to the hilt into a woman's belly. Uh, and that's when he suddenly realizes, oh, maybe this Crusades thing wasn't such a great idea. Mm-hmm. Well, he looks around and it's only women and children lying around dead. Yeah. It's kind of weird. They shouldn't have been hanging out there. No, yeah, at the doors of a battle. Yeah. Yeah. They He cuts ties with the church and he and uh, Ron Perlman. And the two of them are probably the oldest knights. TV's Beast. Right, <laughs> yes. guys? TV's yep. Beast. TV's Beast. The movie is Hellboy. <laughs> yep. Seen by me most recently in the hit film Drive. Yeah. In which he was very good. Mm-hmm. You may remember him from Kronos. He looked very Name large. The Rose. Do you think he was wearing a fat suit, or do you think he just put on some and weight? He's become kind of puffy in his age. TV's Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> yeah. yep, he's in a lot of things. So now we've established who Ron Perlman is, <laughs> and that it's not Ron Perlman, former head of Revlon and owner of Marvel <laughs> Comics, but Ron Perlman, the actor. The two of them hit the road as two wandering buddies. Vagabonds. Wandering vagabonds. Yep, mm-hmm. who knows what crazy adventures they'll get into. I know. Do. Yeah. Because yeah, we saw the movie. They stumble upon a farm where two people have had a hideous plague befall them. Their bodies are covered in buboes and uh, so forth and sores. <laughs> and one of them's still alive. For a second goes, oh, and then dies. Just enough to scare the viewers. They go to the town nearby, leading to the immortal line, there's the town. <laughs> and they find that the town is one of many little kingdom castlets affected by this plague. What's caused it? Well, Nicholas Cage and Ron Perlman find out when they are thrown in the, the, the dungeon for deserting the crusading army. It turns out there's a witch, and the witch has caused it. The witch mm-hmm. is caged burn her. in the... Well, they can't. Here's no, why they no. can't burn her. They had need to cast a spell on her to de-witchify her mm-hmm. in order to lift the plague. And so, well, that makes sense. In exchange for their freedom, uh, Ron Perlman and I keep wanting to say Lee Marvin for some reason. I don't want to say, when I'm saying Ron Perlman, 
Ron Perlman and Nicolas Cage, and I'm phrasing it as if Ron Perlman is the star of it, it's Nicolas Cage, have to go... Uh, we can dream. Yes. <laughs> with a ragtag bunch, they have to go and take this witch to a monastery where the monks have the one remaining last Book of Solomon, and they can say the spell that will dewitchify her and lift the Plague of Darkness from out the mm-hmm. earth. So and they can't uh, just kill her. They can't just kill her because that would leave the plague in place. Okay. But, uh, uh, Maybe even make it worse. I don't know. Along yeah. the way, I can't she quite remember at which point they realize that she's not a witch. She's possessed Very late. They, by they, a demon. Not they, until they, the end. They have a series of adventures. They fight a bunch of wolves who mm-hmm. are very good at jumping at swords and impaling themselves on them. They kill they all of the wolves, and then for some reason they start running away from them. They cross like a bridge. They kill like 60 wolves, <laughs> and then there are five wolves that chase them. They go, oh, we gotta get out of here. They're tired of killing Feet still fail me now. <laughs> they they, they're, they're nervous about depleting the wolf population <laughs> in the area. <laughs> they don't want the deer to overpopulate. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a balance. Yeah, it's ecosystem. <laughs> they uh, have to cross a rickety bridge. Uh, along the way, uh, a couple of their members die, and it turns out to wolves, they... to uh, some uh, one of their friends stabbing them in the belly, by accident in a in some kind of uh, mass grave, and it turns out they get to the monastery. All the monks have died of the same plague, same buboes, same sores. How ironic, huh? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess I don't know if it's ironic. I mean, it's, I don't understand. it's a clear example of dramatic irony. And that's I don't... when they learn. The, it's the inciting incident, and the fact that point, there's... The young girl has shown that, like, she can, she has amazing... The witch has amazing strength. She, uh... She can cast illusions, kind of. Mm-hmm. She seems to know what's going on in people's memories. Turns out, as mentioned, she's possessed by a demon. Okay, so mm-hmm. wait, is that different? You gotta do a different spell from the Book of Psalms. Well, okay. I mean, if she's a witch, that's her fault. Yes. If there's okay. a demon... She's just been possessed by a demon. You know. She's still pure of heart and innocent of soul. I mean, they still have to do a magic spell, though, right? Yeah, but they yeah. don't have to burn her or drown her. So they could have just done that spell a long time ago? Or? Or? Oh, okay. It's in the Book of Solomon. There's only one copy in the monastery. Okay, so they're tri- the demon tricked him into going there because the demon wants to do something with the book. For some reason, that book gives the demon amazing power. I don't understand. Yeah, that was a point that you made, Elliot. Like, they, they say, like, oh, no, the, the demon has tricked us into going here. Like... To the place that they were going anyway. <laughs> they're going to go the first. They go everything along our path has has put, led us to here. Yeah, the place you were going. Yeah, the place the, with the book that you wanted. So wait, there was a moment where the characters thought back to earlier moments in the story mm-hmm. and came to realizations, and that's shown to the viewers through a shitload of flashbacks of things we saw like five yeah. minutes ago. Yes. Well, the thing is, you learn that every time someone said, "Let's just kill the witch," that person ended up dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they didn't want to kill the witch in the first place. Like there was no reason. Basically, this demon went to a shitload of trouble for no reason. Yeah, if the demon had just, you know, behaved itself through the entire trip, then it would be. Uh, Everything would have been fine. It would have been fine. Yeah, I mean, it's a demon, so it's got magic powers. What's? Sorry, I was, I'm, I, ever since that, ever since the radio thing, I've been obsessed. With the Extra nervous. No, no, we checked. Levels it. look it's okay. Fine. Okay. So the, yeah, but the demon and the stuff. And you don't want to record this and I have to trash it. Exactly. Okay. This is gold. We talked yeah. about Dan's batch. We mm-hmm. about batch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Junk. You know, it's Buffalo. Oh, okay. It's Buffalo area. So anyway, back to the movie. So to make a long story short, they go to the belfry of the monastery. The demon sends a shitload of zombie monks after them. They learn that it's really easy to kill the zombies if you just cut their heads off, which is incredibly easy to do, apparently. But for some reason, they don't always do that. 
Yeah, they they instead of just doing that attack, they sometimes stab to the belly or throw daggers at people yeah, or just push them away. Uh, and then the demon comes back. The priest that was with them the whole time starts saying the spell. The demon kills him. And yeah, that makes CGI sense. Demon, by the way, it's no yeah. longer a girl. It's a big CGI demon. And it looks like a tales from the dark side of the movie. Yes, it looks like a shittier computer generated version of the demons from that movie. That's fair, yeah. Yeah, like a gargoyle. Mm-hmm. Like the hit cartoon show Gargoyles. It kind of looks like one of those things. Yeah, except without a loincloth. And without the almost Bruce Timm-esque designs. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't even say almost. Definitely Bruce Timm-esque. Yeah. Somebody else says the spell uh, in his death throes, Nicholas Cage saves the spell sayer from the demon, and the demon gets all burned up. Nicholas Cage dies. The girl that the demon had possessed is okay. Ron Perlman's dead. Everyone's dead except the girl and this other character, and they ride off into the distance with the Book of Solomon. Mm-hmm. Season of the Witch, the end. And there's and the plague is lifted. Yeah, there's like a little bit of a narrative at the end about how the plague was lifted because the demon was killed. And they say... Addressing nothing about, you know, proper disposal of corpses or other hygienic practices. Yeah, well, they say some... The narration literally says, some may say it was just a disease that ran its course and burned away like a fever. But we know it was this spell... We didn't lose the last chunk, did we? No, no, no. Keep talking. And that's the end of Season of the Witch. <laughs> Very unearned house cat, that movie. Apologies. <laughs> uh, we, we did a little uh, We did a little auto check because we're paranoid. We, we realized that Elliot's... My microphone was a little low. Yeah, but now it appears to be on point. So uh, I hope everyone heard my plot summary of Season of the Witch because I'm not going through it again. I mean, yeah, I think you nailed it. I think that's probably the best way to describe that story. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Uh, so what do we have to say about this movie? It, first of all, it was thrilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie sat on the shelf a long time, yeah? Uh, is that true? Not that long. I mean, the script is old. The script goes back to 2000. I mean, it's a, it's a tale as old as time, right? <laughs> I mean, it does take place 700 years ago, so it's not like it's out of date or anything. It was written by uh, Shakespeare... Here's my main – I have two two things I wanted to mention about this movie. One is that Nicolas Cage goes way out of his way to affect kind of an old-timey cadence. Like, if God wants this from men, then surely God himself cannot be merciful. But then Ron Perlman will be like, all right, well, let's get the hell out of here. Like he just says everything the way Hellboy would say it, mm-hmm. yeah. which I liked, but it was very jarring every time he said it. I mean if they had chosen one, it would have been fine. I mean I and I think that we would – have preferred Ron Perlman's way. Yeah, I think so. If everyone was just kind of like, whatever, it's the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. Also, Nicholas Sort of an Army of Darkness approach to the material. Yeah, sure. I mean, Nicolas Cage has made enough of these movies. He kn- he should know when to be the grim, like, he should never be the grim, like, quiet guy. Like, we want the crazy wackadoo. No, that's what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> Nicolas Cage still has his impeccable taste in terrible hair. movie projects. In hair. In hair, yeah. He has like, impeccable taste in movies where he has stupid hair. <laughs> I think he borrowed it from uh, John Travolta in Swordfish. Like, he knows. Or uh, Tom Hanks in The Da Vinci Code. He knows how to make, uh, how to pick a movie. In that the movies he picks are crazy, stupid movies, but he doesn't know It'll the performance. Castles. He doesn't know the performance that he needs to give to these movies. Like he saves up all his crazy performances for uh, your 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 bad lieutenant's port of call, New Orleans. I would almost say that he is saying to himself, "What who what director am I going to pour a lot of energy into working with? Mm-hmm. Dominic Senna or Werner Herzog?" Yeah, and I think he made the right choice there. 
No, it's true. But, I mean, if he's going to be making these crazy bad movies, he needs yeah. to pour some of that crazy energy. Step it up. He's got to pour some crazy on me. Mm-hmm. He can't just be, like, he mumbling his way. He needs to drive angry 3D. <laughs> yeah. In Drive Angry, at least, he had he had swagger. And he needs like to. That. Vampires well, yeah. kiss these roles Good with bye. his kisses. Wait, yeah, that was another Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it was. Sure, he needs to. Peggy Sue got married <laughs> into leaving Las Vegas. Oh man, <laughs> we're, we're on in Vegas. fire right now. <laughs> oh, this is our best stuff. Dan, can you earmark this episode as our <laughs> Emmy submission episode? Here's my, and here's the other big problem I had. This was like a fairly. This actually, where's the love interest? <laughs> <laughs> I assumed Ron Perlman. Was the love interest? I bet this movie—that's implied. I think. Like the first twenty-five minutes of this movie were pretty fun. It moves really fast, and there's a lot of battling, but it gets very slow and very boring and kind of generic. But the thing that bugs me about this movie is it's a movie that's saying, you know, how in the Middle Ages they accused a lot of women of being witches and then burned them. They were right. <laughs> there were a shitload of witches. Yeah. They caused the plague, and if we didn't have the witches, the plague wouldn't have happened. Everything's demons and witches. It's like, I don't, I can't buy into that. I'm sorry. Uh, justifying genocide through a sci-fi movie, I think, is probably the best way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it just seems very strange for them to take the side of the witch killers. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I guess some of us don't love witches like you do, Elliot. Uh, Wait, what? Uh, you're, <laughs> Wait, are you casting me as the bad yep, guy? You're the husband of the devil, and uh, you... That's my wife you're talking about. <laughs> Devilina. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Elvira was the female version of the devil. Well, she's the mistress of the dark, but mm-hmm. she's kind of goofy to be the female version of the devil. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's more interested in, uh, you know, cleavage-related uh, pursuits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you think? Interest <laughs> cleavage. <laughs> yes, uh, the new issue of Cleavage Aficionado is in. It's Elvira again. That's weird. Okay. <laughs> she's on the cover of every issue. Either her or Morgana the Kissing Bandit. <laughs> And once Miss Piggy. <laughs> that was not uh, it was not the the top uh, issue of cleavage. Not a, not a high selling issue one? of cleavage aficionado. No, it was their all foam issue. <laughs> Just her and Pamela Anderson. <laughs> so, season of the witch, huh? Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of you've uh, got to pick up every stitch. <laughs> yeah, Dan said that about forty thousand times. Sorry. We were watching it. Apparently, there's a song called "Season of the Witch" that Dan is a big fan of. Good song. Not stop, did not stop singing during mm-hmm. the during the movie. Yeah. Uh, there are only a few uh, Hall- like Halloween style horror, uh, rock songs out there to enjoy, and so I enjoy them all. Okay, and they are Monster well, you Mash, your Monster Mash, Monster Mash, Thriller. That's yeah. Both rock songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, season of the Witch. Uh, Oye como va. The, uh, Lola. She's a vampire, it turns out. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't Fear the Reaper. <laughs> Satisfaction, also about vampires. Uh, mm-hmm. All of the Misfits songs. Uh, werewolves in London. Uh-huh. The Werewolves of London. Sure. They're two different songs. Werewolves in, in London and Werewolves of London. Uh, werewolves of Tokyo. There's Little a thing about Toronto. the purple people eater. There's I don't think one. that's a Halloween song. <laughs> that's a... a song that really glosses over the fact that he eats people. <laughs> it's every every the whole song is about the purple people eater feeling bad about himself because no one likes him. <laughs> he totally eats people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's there's a couple indicators in his past <laughs> performance. You know what? Maybe it's not the fact that you're weird looking. 
No. More the fact that people are afraid you're going to eat them. Well, the what? So you're saying it's more the people eating, unless the purple part. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Or the one-eyed, one-horned, and flying sure. parts. I would think that would make him popular. <laughs> yeah, at least it's something interesting. It's a conversation sure. starter. So, what are you? That's how the conversation starts. Yeah, you know? at obviously. like a party. <laughs> sure. Until I mean, that's most parties I go to. That's how the conversation <laughs> starts. Um, and I say I'm a kissing bandit. Mm-hmm. And part-time I'm work. steal from you. <laughs> part-time work. <laughs> so, season of the witch. Uh, Do you guys have anything to say about this movie? It's a, it's a tough one to talk about. I mean, it's fairly straightforward. Um, the there's a lot of they seem to err on the side of computer graphics when yeah. it comes to pretty much everything. So, like, oh no, this guy's surrounded by wolves, but. Wolves aren't scary enough. Let's give them all demon faces all of a sudden. <laughs> There's a lot of characters walking through woods and sitting around campfires and not a lot of action, which is – it's like the movie used up its action quota in the in ration in the beginning and then they'd save the rest for the end of the movie. I like the Ron Perlman quality of it. If this movie had been more about like Ron Perlman and Nicolas Cage just being sassy crusaders, yeah. then I would have enjoyed it. Take all the demon shit out and just mm-hmm. have them be sassy crusaders. That yeah. would have been. Okay. A mo- it's rare that I say about a movie it would have been better without all the demon stuff in it. But I would have rather seen it a movie about you know like a uh, you know just two two guys two amiable rogues having adventures in the Middle Ages. Yeah, I mean, betting mo- wenches and fighting mm-hmm. de- crooks. I was about to say demons, but they did that in this movie. I mean, most Swilling of, Grog. Most of the oh, movie... Grog would definitely be swilled. Most of the movie you have <laughs> Nicolas Cage <laughs> and Ron Perlman walking around basically talking about how it's not cool to kill women and children and how the church could sometimes be wrong. But in this case, the church is right. There are demons and witches mm-hmm. causing the black the, plague. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like that's the, they're not totally right. They're, they're, they're blending on witches. Whereas oh, okay. demons are really their problem. Demons. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So it's not mm-hmm. the young girls are still causing the plague. Well, so, I mean, it's not. It's a little less misogynistic. <laughs> not really. Like, well, demons just enjoy uh, inhabiting young young girls. Like, really, like Who that makes it? it that makes it even worse. No, uh, I get uh, it. You're creepy. No, you're creepy, Elliot. You're like a demon. I thought you're like a demon <laughs> who likes to inhabit young girls. No, well, that's horrible. <laughs> um, and coming from Pervasoid Number One, that really hurts. <laughs> Look, just because I'm you wearing the key to Pervasoid City, <laughs> some speedos that are uh, have a tuxedo emblazoned upon them doesn't mean you look really comfortable wearing those. By the way, yeah, a little too comfortable. Uh, I mean, like I feel I feel a little guilty for whoever's going to sit on this chair next. Like well, still suit. you. I mean, it's your apartment. It's true. But I mean, most of the movie is Nicolas Cage and Ron Perlman running around uh, espousing these opinions that. I mean, the people in modern day clearly agree with, like, yeah, okay, you don't want to kill women and children. And yeah, you know, sometimes, like, killing possible witches for, you know, no real apparent reason doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, we agree with his character, so there's no real conflict there. They don't really have to make the case to us. Yeah. It'd be different if they believed that witches were bad and you got to kill them, and then they had to make us agree with them. Yeah, we automatically identify with Nicolas Cage, even though he, like, doesn't really do anything of any import throughout the entire movie. Yeah, he doesn't do very much except keep this this uh, possessed woman alive at times by convincing other people not to kill her. But then And sometimes having dreams of the woman he stabbed in the chest. Yeah, he wants to kill her at one point and the other characters won't let him. He doesn't really do much to earn our thinking of him as a hero he yeah. tackles the demon at one point and then gets stabbed in the back a bunch by its wing wing pinion <laughs> is yeah. that like an opinion that, about a wing yes 
Wing pinion. <laughs> yeah, it's there's. I I was reading on Wikipedia that said they lowered the level of gore and violence in the movie, so they could I guess make it a PG thirteen movie, and it suffers from that. Not a lot. There's a lot long stretches of not not much thrills. Well, people rush to the theater to see a movie set in the Middle Ages about demons, mm-hmm. starring Nicolas Cage and Ron Perlman. Yeah, and when they find out that. It's, you know, family-friendly, doesn't have high levels of gore. Everyone wants to go see it. Yeah, that's true. After, you know, take grandma, take the kids. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. You know what? Don't even eat the turkey. Just go see Season of the Witch. It's Christmas. Santa's coming with his sleigh. Season of the Witch. Sure, he's already brought you a gift. It's at the multiplex. Yeah, Season's greetings. Season of the Witch's greetings, that is. <sighs> Babysitting someone else's kids. Babysitting someone else's grandma. Take the Season of the Witch. It's good for ages 1 to 101. <laughs> Season of the Witch. Uh yeah, so let's 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 tie this up with a bow. You don't like his bullshit about Season of the Witch. <laughs> I, I, was, I thought we finally hit on something. Yeah, yeah, that's that a good rich vein of bullshit. <laughs> that would have been a great ad campaign if it was <laughs> Nicolas Cage in his knight's armor with a Santa Claus hat <laughs> holding a gift. <laughs> Nicholas Cage has a gift for you. It's called Season of the Witch. I got you something. You'll find out what it is when you go to the movie theater and say, one for Season of the Witch, and then give the guy some money. Mm-hmm. It's a surprise, though. Uh, they thank me later. They used to take out ads like that. I forget what movie it was. There was a movie that where the ad campaign was that it was that studio's gift to the world. And it's like, that. that's really ballsy. Yeah. It's like there was a... Unforgiven? Why not fun forgiven? <laughs> Go see Unforgiven. Take the whole family. Take the whole clan. Uh, yeah. No, but I'm, I'm shutting it down. Wow. Okay. Oh, shutting okay. It down. Man, but you're um, in a set of tuck speedos and everything gets really organized. Well, we've got some. We've got some great letters to get to. We've had Dan some. Dan suddenly got sleepy when the tuck speedo. Got some got audio out. issues. I'm wondering wanna... if it's taking his spirit away. Sure. It's mm-hmm. like a witch. He's possessed by fuck tuck speedos. The tuxedo speedos have some kind of malign intelligence similar to the demon-faced wolves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like uh, I'm wearing like a venom. They're easy to murder, I'm wearing though. a venom suit in oh, okay. a speedo form. It's a symbiote. You got yeah. it during the Secret Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Secret venom speedo suit. wars. Venom suit. Secret drawers. <laughs> venom suit. Yeah, come on. What do Let's you continue. You know what? Let's wrap this thing up in a bow, Venom Suit. So... Yeah. Uh, don't say Venom Suit when we're at uh, Comic New York. Oh, yeah. We're going to go to New York FlopCon well, we'll 2011 this weekend. <laughs> well, we got, don't we have to give our final judgments? We'll give our final judgments, then we'll talk about FlopCon. FlopCon 2011? Okay. okay at sure. the Javits Center? So, Javits was this New York movie? There's only the New York Boise, one. Idaho. <laughs> was this movie... Scarily Scarily, good? <laughs> scarily bad? Or <laughs> scarily meh? I thought it was spookily good bad. <laughs> Spookily good. So, Dan, what was the what did the uh, was it uh, totally scarifying? Okay, totally snorifying, <laughs> or was it frighteningly funny? Okay, none of those apply. <laughs> <laughs> they are all uh, just inappropriate to this. Uh, but Stuart, maybe you go first. <laughs> um, you know, I'll I'll give it a I'll give it a frighteningly. Snorifying? Wait, no, that. Oh <laughs> my god! One of the, Wait, not what it was scarily snorifying? No, 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 no! But I will. You're I making will. a mockery of the seasonal ratings. <laughs> Horrifically bad, a good. I will. I'll agree with you though. Like it, it moved along fairly quickly, 
Um, it wasn't as painful to watch as some other movies. It was, it was instantly not, forgotten. Yeah, not memorable. Um, it wasn't, I wouldn't say funny, but it wasn't totally snorifying <laughs> until you get to about four, 35 minutes in, and then it gets kind of boring this for a while. This is an hour and a half long movie, so it's not like it took a long time to watch. I mean, hour and 25 minutes. Yeah. A little bit longer. Well, I guess hour and 25, yeah. And uh, so... It, I mean, it was pretty good. When the wolves started killing people, we were talking a bunch, so I don't really remember. <laughs> well, it was just ridiculous because the wolves barely killed anybody. The yeah. wolves did a lot of jumping onto people's weapons, jumping in the way of swords. And there was a moment where Nicolas Cage was being approached by two wolves from opposite directions, and you're really hoping he's going to jump over them. So and the wolves will hit each other. Yeah, smash each other, maybe bite each other really hard. Mm-hmm. Like, the, Here's how threatening the wolves were. If Nicolas Cage was standing next to a cliff, the wolf would have jumped off the cliff. Yeah, and like they maybe jumped like into the, his hands. Like so the wolf in the Benji it. movie when the ben, the wolf's attacking Benji and it jumps. Season off the cliff. of the Benji. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one. Yeah, <laughs> season of the Benji. Benji oh. of the witch. Oh, heavenly witch. Okay, so that was my review. Oh God, you witchel. Uh, Frighteningly snorifying, <laughs> Elliot. Okay, I'm gonna agree with Stuart on every count. I guess it was not the worst movie we've seen. Not not particularly interesting or memorable. But I, it, the first half hour, I was saying to him, and I said to you guys, like, I'm enjoying this a lot more than most of the movies we've seen lately. But then it just bogged down. and It's better than dull. Bangkok Dangerous, not as good as Next. And not as good as uh, Drive Angry. Drive Angry. I, I like Drive Angry more. Yeah. Yeah, in the, in the cage canon. Yeah. I'd put it, yeah, squarely in the middle. Better than those. Knowing, too. Oh, way better than Knowing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, I might like it a bit better than Next. I but don't like it as, as Drive Angry. Apprentice. Oh yeah, yeah. Which itself next, is kind of dumb. But next was the one where you could see what happens what next. What happens next? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. It, it, uh... I can see uh, a Seinfeld rerun is coming up next. <laughs> next, you're just holding the TV guide. <laughs> Put that down, John. Next. Ron Perlman was the best thing about this movie, yes. and I think it, was, I should have been called fine. "Season of the Ron Perlman," and I would have enjoyed yep. it a lot. Uh, movie harder to market, <laughs> <laughs> especially in foreign countries. <laughs> A little too on the nose for some people. <laughs> but, Let's uh, just call it Ron Perlman the movie. Too self-aware. So JCVD sort of thing. Yeah, or BVD. But I, I don't know. But I agree BVD. with you guys in spirit. And not in reality, <laughs> I hate you. But. <laughs> wow! Okay. wow. But. A surprise ending. <laughs> the evil shorts are continuing to destroy Dan's mind. His air quotes venom suit that he's wearing. <laughs> his venom suit. <laughs> Venom Ugh. suit. <laughs> Blag. Venom suit. <laughs> yeah, spider person's venom suit <laughs> that he wears <laughs> in Marvel comic stories <laughs> when he fights Incredible Green Man <laughs> and Captain United States. <laughs> so where are we going this weekend, guys? <laughs> oh, man. Let's talk about With it. Professor Gex <laughs> and Wolverchunk. Oh. <laughs> Can't wait to see what the avenging guys. Oh. Wolverchunk and his <laughs> team leader Cyclone. <laughs> so we're going to flop. His team leader One Eye Laserface. <laughs> we're going to FlopCon 2011. This weekend, New York it, City's Javits Center. People may know that this weekend, at, yeah, is FlopCon 2011, the biggest Guys, flop I, house convention. I think it's in pronounced Javits Center. <laughs> in the Javits Center. 
Um, there will also be a, an additional event being organized called the New York City Comic Con. Yeah, I think that's a side it might be in a side hallway. So FlopCon is going on. FlopCon is for people who are way into bad movies and hearing us talk. People are going to come dressed as us, dressed as the Bratz, dressed sure. as Nicolas Cage with crazy hair. Flophouse Housecat is not allowed to be dressed as, as no physical con- images of the Flophouse Housecat are against, uh, against God. <laughs> the... There will be uh, – if you show up as a Jedi, we will direct you to the uh, the Comic-Con where uh, they'll be what, having what a Jedi lightsaber battle. Will the 501st Stormtrooper Army be the, welcome? Uh, yeah. I mean they're allowed. I, we, can't, we can't turn them away. What we don't have blasters. What about people wearing Levi's 501 jeans? They'll be approved. I mean, I don't agree with the cut, but that's okay. <laughs> so, guys, I you know I may actually have this episode up before Comic Con because Hello. well, just because I would want I you know I don't want to worry about it while I'm at Comic Con. Oh, good idea because it might it might be like a Home Alone situation where it has to defend your apartment from burglars. I don't <laughs> follow. But no, wait, I agree with it. I'm at Comic Con. The podcast. Ah, uh-huh. who's gonna put micro machines on the floor? Um, paint cans at Daniel Stern's head. <laughs> But assuming that I do get it up early, um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna, uh, we're gonna be at Comic Con, the New York Comic Con, New York Comic Con in the Javits Center, and on the west side of Manhattan. And our listeners can feel good to know that I did receive my press pass. I was approved for a Stuart press pass appro- because of this podcast. Because I wrote up the information you need to submit for the podcast, and then I took all that information. I filled out the application for you. Yep. And then when they emailed you and said, "Can you give us some more information?" you you wrote me and said, "What do I tell them?" And I told you what to tell them. Okay, I took what he told me, <laughs> and then I also took the links that Dan suggested I put in there. Mm-hmm. I mixed a little bit of Stuart Wellington flavor. <laughs> I think you wrote "Love Stew Balls." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then I sent it along and was given the thumbs up. So the Flophouse is officially a press organization as uh, defined by the New York Comic Con. So but we're yeah. going to be there. Well, I, we'll all definitely be there Saturday. Saturday at noon, I'll be part of a panel called Geek Chic or something like that. That's weird. About uh, <laughs> about geek culture and comedy writing. Mm. So that's noon at the Javits Center. Look out for that panel if you want to hear me talk like you're hearing now, but in person. If you're coming to Comic-Con, you can try and track us all down. I mean, we will all be wearing false mustaches and sunglasses to protect yeah, ourselves from rabbit fans. And trench coats with the collars turned up. <laughs> I'm probably going to spend the whole time over by the World of Warcraft screens watching people play World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. And I think Dan is a judge at the Young Girls in Two Sexually Revealing Costumes contest. <laughs> if only. <laughs> if only, friends. Uh, but we'll be wandering around, so keep an eye out for us. There may be people dressed as the Flophouse mm-hmm. that aren't us. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it's going to be FlopCon, so it I is expect... Flop-con there's a lot of Flophouse cosplay out there. Yeah, Flopsplay. Sure. Uh, people dressed as the house cat. Female Elliot's <laughs> weirdly turned me on, i got to tell you. Female Elliot's. Female Elliot's. Female Elliot's. By the way, female Elliot's are a little different than Danielle's. By the way, seriously, guys, seriously, Congress should fund female Elliot. I, I think that's important for all of us like, in America. Sure, I get it, like FEMA. Mm-hmm. Anywho, <laughs> wait, hold on, Federal who am I? Emergency Management Elliot. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. Anywho, FlopCon 2011 at New York Comic Con 2011. Uh, for questions about FlopCon. Trademark 2011. Write to the Flop House. Do not write to Comic Con because they don't know it exists. They think it's just Comic Con. They don't know FlopCon is going on. Lance, at the same Lance place. Fensterman will send you a reply that says, "Stop emailing me." 
and so. c- come hear Mark Hamill speak. Yeah, and what do you guys hope to do otherwise at, at, at Comic-Con? Do you have any specific things? Mm, I'm probably going to get another uh, autograph from Dan Abnett. Mm-hmm. Cool. John Landis is there promoting that uh, monster book that uh, got got to work. So uh, I can you see John Landis. Get it signed? Probably not. It's a heavy book. I'm going to go try and find weird cartoonists to get uh, ske- like little books of sketches from. Yeah, I think I'm going to be on the original art hunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See if there's any within my price range. Jeff Darrow's and Tom Fowler's and such. Sure, yeah. I'd love to have mm-hmm. a Jeff Darrow or Tom Fowler. <clears throat> okay, Dan, you look like you uh, you're, you just hauled out the movie Mailbag. Oh, yeah, the Flophouse movie mailbag. Yes. Oh, it's a heavy mailbag this week. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> stop straining. Please stop straining in front of us. No, let me just uh, bend over and get this. <laughs> no, please don't. So many veins. Oh. It's weird how his leg hairs stand on end. <laughs> <It's> like, <sighs> like they have miniature muscles in them. Oh, guys, that was a real workout. So <laughs> We just did a little radio play. <laughs> this is from Kristen, last name withheld, and she says... Dearest Flophouse. Oh. So, do it in a lady's voice. Dearest Flophouse. Now do it in a yeah, normal voice. <laughs> Dearest Flophouse. Now you're a vampire. <laughs> Dearest Flophouse. Now you're Michael Caine. <laughs> Dearest Flophouse. Okay, now you're Woody Allen. <laughs> Dearest Flophouse. Okay, I... You're George Washington. Dearest Flophouse. Doesn't sound anything like it. <laughs> yeah, How do you know? How do you know? Well, yeah, no, no wooden teeth. Didn't sound like you were going to chop down okay. a cherry tree. All right. Catherine, well, last name with L. Kristen. Kristen, last name with L. <laughs> you forgot the name within seconds. To be fair, we threw a lot of names out there. So. <laughs> I get confused fairly. She says, I recently Are uploaded... Sure it's not Catherine. Come on. I recently uploaded a few clips of the podcast to YouTube as a probably not very effective way to publicize the podcast. Good However, work. if you like the clips being taken down, just let me know. No, we will not. We, we love the clips being up there. Uh, all about information, wanting to be free and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yep. We're uh, basically opposite of Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> In many ways. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to upload more anytime soon, as I'm starting my second year of grad school in a week. But I noticed the lack of much Flophouse on YouTube and thought I'd do my part to rectify it. I don't know how many new listeners a clip of the famed Chopin Goatables tangent will bring in, but at least I tried. Thank you. Um, P.S. The Flap House has quickly become one of my favorite podcasts for reading the writing right up in the AV Club. I've listened to the Bratz episode more times than I care to admit. Yes. Um, no, thank you for uh, uploading those. We I, we checked them out. Uh, Elliot actually, before he knew that you'd uh, sent in a letter alerting me to this fact, uh, I found them. Found I them on his how. own. I probably Googled my own name. Mm-hmm. But uh, thank you very like much you. for doing that. It was very exciting to see them there. And it meant we have real, it really showed how passionate our listeners are which was great and anything that helps bring in new people is wonderful so we really appreciate it thanks for sticking up for the floppers yeah thanks uh yeah and uh it's a good thing to direct new people to if they want to listen to things that sound like gibberish and <laughs> <laughs> well they are don't funny a, I mean, no they're funny they don't i mean like and talk know. about what celebrities dan thinks are hot <laughs> that's not part of it i don't I don't know why, like, every negative stereotype is now being attached to me. Now well, being attached to you. You're just a homophobe been... and a super perv. That's mm-hmm. all. Sure. Well, okay. be- being the Leonardo Cyclops, you've got no personality, so you've got to make That's one. That's the thing, dude. <sighs> anyway. Like, I accept my mantle as being a super party animal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I put up with that. And I accept mine as being a really smart guy. 
Yeah, Wait, I thought a, you were racist. Cross, crossed, crossed no, racist never really stuck. That's probably Dan, Because too. I love all peoples. Oh, okay. Because you're so smart. Into- yeah. I, I love I all peoples, too. It just you, uh, the, the love that you have ascribed to me has been perverted. I love that please don't speak its name anymore. So, so thank you, Catherine. Kristen. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Kristen. This is from Matt Last Name Withheld. It's titled, mm-hmm. Tom's Wrong and One Other Thing. Cryptic. It says, hi, gang. Just wanted to point out that Tom may be mistaken in his critique about the ending of Minority Report. It's mentioned in the film that those imprisoned live out whatever fantasy they want until they die. Seems that because everything magically works out at the end of the film for Tom Cruise, that what we're seeing could easily be interpreted as his fantasy while trapped in the prison. It's definitely open-ended, but I wanted to defend Stuart's recommendation since Dan did nothing to rebuke Tom's takedown. I have to say, when I listened to that, because I wasn't there, I would have brought this up at the time. Dan, you made a dismissive comment about the scene where he chases his own eyeball. No, no, I love that scene. It's just weird. It made it sound like he didn't like it. That's the best scene in the movie. It's great. Yeah. I loved, like, a a really weird slapstick moment in the middle of an otherwise very, almost too serious movie. But I like that film a lot more than other people. No, I think it's a solid, like, The only thing I don't like about it is when he says, don't take, he gets his eyes replaced. And the guy at Mad Science says, don't take the bandages off your eyes. For 12 hours. Mm-hmm. 12 hours, or however long it is. And Tom Cruise takes them off early, and nothing bad happens. No repercussions no at repercussions all. No repercussions at all. And also, he needs his old eyes to get into the building, and no one tracks him by his eyes anymore. So he didn't really need, he really made it harder for himself when he changed his eyes out. Yeah. But it's a neat scene. Uh, but uh, Matt goes on to say, second paragraph. This is the one other thing. Also, I wanted to mention that there have now been two podcasts where Dan and Stu were arguing before the record. My soul to take and Gooby. Could this be the beginnings of a fracturing of the flopper triumvirate? Probably not, but this is one less thing I needed hanging over my head while I toss and turn at night worrying about the state of the world, the environment, and the economy. What were we arguing about? I know with my soul uh, to take it was about... We were arguing... Uh, well, I, wait, I, don't wanna, uanna, I don't want to entirely spoil it because the next uh, email is about oh. the argument too. Oh, awesome. Well, I let, just to rest everyone assured... Dan and Stuart get along great these days. They mm-hmm. went through counseling. We're the get along gang, if you will. They're not the get along gang. I would say we. <laughs> we're I the would shirt say tables. that we. Get, no, they're neither that. <laughs> we get into fresh arguments every time we see each other. Mm-hmm. Totally Old fresh arguments. arguments. Complete. <laughs> <laughs> they're deaf and fat and totally. They're rude. radical. <laughs> they're they're gnarly, gnarly, yeah. <laughs> bodacious and tubular. <laughs> not to mention grody to the max. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's a bad thing. Oh, it is? G- Ginchy. Yeah, yeah. they're real hep. They're far out and not Dullsville. <laughs> Sorry, Stuart, you were These saying. knees. So as I said. The cat's pajamas. We get into radical arguments every time we see each other. Uh, old arguments completely forgotten. Yeah. Yes. As, exa- uh, as shown by the fact that I've forgotten that we had an argument. <laughs> and the easy camaraderie with which they take every task. Uh, but to continue on that tack, uh, Josh, last name withheld, says, what Stuart and Dan were fighting about. <laughs> Here's my take. Oh, of, I remember that one. We had a contest yeah, about Yeah, we had one we of our fighting. famous Flophouse contests. Uh, he says, here's my take of what happened that caused such a monumental rift between two friends. A rift of war, if you will. This isn't a, this is another <laughs> no, this slash not, fiction. There's right? no slash yeah, we're not going to end up doing each other, are we? No, there's no, none you of that. You are wearing a tuxedo. Yeah. During a slow portion of my soul to take, Dan admitted to Stuart 
that his parents had prevented him from seeing Cool World in the theaters. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. This is, this, is in, this is scarily accurate. Keep reading. Because they said it was too adult. Stewart found this uproariously funny and spent the better part of five minutes pointing out that Dan was a loser <laughs> who had to ask... Was he here? Was Josh here? Dan was a loser. I mean, you never saw Cool World. You are a loser. You would never know what Holly would if Holly could. <laughs> who had to ask his parents' permission to go to the movies. Further, Stewart proudly boasted that his parents didn't give a shit what he watched as a child, even letting him stay up to watch HBO on Saturday nights when it was, to quote Stewart, nothing but tits. <laughs> I mean, verbatim. It sounds like... Verbatim. It sounds like a quote. Are we being... Was there a wire? Dan, are you wearing a wire? An already irritated Dan decided to let Stewart slide on this one, but that thin layer of restraint was shattered when Stewart ate the last bona fide chicken from Popeye's, a Popeye's he didn't pay for, mind you. Furious at this affront, Dan blurted out that Stewart was actually the biggest loser because he admitted to getting turned on by that scene in Ghostbusters when Dan Aykroyd had that one dream sequence where a ghost blew him. Stewart snarled in response, at least you didn't say it was a spooktacular blowjob or whatever the fuck you used for ratings when it's October. There was silence for the remainder of the movie. During all this, Elliot merely sat off in a corner, trying his best to ignore his friend's childish antics by writing a fan fiction about what happens when the biker mice from Mars live in the same universe as street sharks. Read it already. Wrote it already. <laughs> so that's from that's Josh. A, last name with hell. Working on, right? Yeah, it's called Biker Mice from Mars Meet the Street Sharks. <laughs> and so far, I haven't had too many takers, but this, the big reveal at the end is that. The biker mice are from Venus. They're ladies. Street mm-hmm. sharks fall in love. They get married. The end. Okay. That sets it up for the squeakle. You're allowed to say squeakle. That's uh, copywritten. At this point, it's just in the vernacular. You oh, know, okay. they're like Shakespeare. They, the words just float into the sure. public domain. Uh, so that was the. Uh, that was very accurate. Yeah, I mean, that was. I now I remember that, was, that fight. That was spookily <laughs> accurate. Yeah. Or was it frighteningly funny? <laughs> Or it was both scarily wrong. No, it was pretty close. That was, we often get in fights about Cool World. So <laughs> I mean, usually it's about whether the <laughs> usually, usually I think in terms of things you get into fights about Cool World. Cool World is like sixty-five, seventy percent. Yeah. <laughs> usually it's about how cool that world was, whether it was totally cool or whether it was just a little cool. Yeah, I think I was spookily cool in your case sometimes. Mm-hmm. I assumed I always assumed that it was just drafty. <laughs> it was cool, like there was a draft running through it. No. Oh, so it's not like a like how how relaxed and confident it no, is. No, no, just about okay. like chilly. Mm-hmm. Sure, okay. I mean, that's we could argue that. I'm yeah, I mean, it's a movie. It. We're never going to be able to feel the temperature. I mean, it's an awesome world, is what I'm. I I think it's an awesome world where a lady so walks around in short a short dress, like a and, cartoon or a real lady. Well, a that's cartoon lady. She's a cartoon lady until she has sex with a real person mm-hmm. which okay. somehow turns into a real person but then doesn't mm-hmm. okay and then the world blows up I've seen that movie a couple times I still don't really understand what the hell is going <laughs> there's on in no, it. no there's no but you're along for the ride that's the thing oh sure yeah I was along for that ride it feels like a movie that was adapted from a book that you're, was never written <laughs> you're, adi- you're addicted to that rush oh yeah it's strange that that movie was advertised on the back of I think every comic book yeah. I thought as a kid well yeah because there's cartoons in it yeah mm-hmm. Uh, it's like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's exactly like that. Yeah. For people who don't pay that close attention to what's going on. And don't like to be entertained. <laughs> All right, the next uh, email uh, is from uh, Brian, last name withheld. Hello. 
It's <laughs> titled "Is Nothing Sacred?" Question mark. And Did you say it like that, like a Batman villain. <laughs> <laughs> Is nothing sacred, Batman? Question mark. Batman? Question mark. <laughs> you use the, the word sacred. Clearly, he's going to blow up uh, Gotham's church. Sack Red. Of course, Red Saxworth, the famous Gotham City baseball player. He's signing today at the Gotham City Sportsodrome. <laughs> that, was, that was the thing. Yeah. Wait, I like, what? <laughs> that was the thing, the diddle little low thing. The Batman thing. Uh, what? I, you know. I, what I like is we've introduced a new Batman villain, the Punctuator. <laughs> it's Batman! Exclamation point! <laughs> Do you dare, Batman? Question mark. <laughs> so wait, that, that's three new Batman films. There's Seven Pounds, seven the months. Contest Ruiner, and, and the Punctuator. Yeah, DC should be paying us. This is ridiculous. We should really corner that's someone. So, uh, that's hey, DC Comics, New York Comic Con. company that pr- that okay. publishes Batman. Yeah. Hey, hey, Chris, Detective Comic. You know, Chris Nolan. <laughs> Chris Nolan. Yeah. Listen, you're a popular fan of this podcast. <laughs> hey, Chris Knowles. Stop making movies about those mind people, and instead, <laughs> mind you know, people, you know, dr- dream crimes. And instead, throw <laughs> out the contest ruiner in your movie. Give sure. us a little bit of money, a little bit of a great. kickback. That'd be wonderful. Uh, <laughs> no, this is from Brian. Last name withheld, and he says, "Attention, floppers!" Rip from the headlines, and sure. he actually attaches a, uh, a a JPEG to confirm that it was ripped from the headlines. Okay, uh, Peg. and it. <laughs> It's, it's not another naked celebrity, is it? Iowa Governor <laughs> Terry Brandstrad fired the governor's Name mansion. <laughs> fired the governor's mansion house cat by cutting its food rations until the house cat was forced to run away. See attached article. <laughs> <That's> so sad. <laughs> if one house cat is attacked, all house cats are attacked. With what such strap? <laughs> Yeah, the House Cats Allied 101. With such travesties in state government, only one action is acceptable. All House Cats must march on the Iowa State Capitol. Mouse toys and balls of yarn will be provided. (laughs) However, there must be a voice for this movement, and only one voice will do. The Flophouse House Cat. I mean, it's more of a yowl. (laughs) House Cat, you have heard the call, and I trust you will do the right thing. I look forward to seeing you in Des Moines. By the way, Dan, I do... Consider the Flophouse one half bad movie podcast and one half house cat podcast. <laughs> I mean, that's the, 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 you give like one yowl an episode. I mean, the, the proportion is not really there. So, is does the house cat usually stand up for political things? Does it take a stand on the issues? I mean, he tries not to. He's not a role model. <laughs> He's not, mm-hmm. Why is he not a role model? Is he well, in trouble? Because he understands that he's more of what uh, what they call a party animal. Yeah, with his mm-hmm. backwards hat and his slingshot. He's a rabble rouser. His converse all stars and his skateboard. Yeah, and I mean he can't. He has difficulty uh, handling the pressure of being a role model. It turns mm. him to drinking. Ooh, that's bad. Yeah. So we won't see the house cat in Des Moines. I mean, you might. You never know. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put him into a box, if you will. <laughs> not even a pet carrier. Yeah, I mean, if it's a box, it's gonna have a shitload of holes punched in it. <laughs> Uh, this last email for the evening is from Jake, last name withheld. And he says, uh, he titles this, A Flophouse-Themed Road Trip. Mm. I never ride into podcasts, but I felt the need to in this case. I came to your podcast late after the Onion write-up, but immediately tried to catch up with your years of recorded shows. For the past couple weeks, I've been driving cross-country from Boston to San Diego. Since a long portion of that drive features... What? What? Like driving from Boston to San Diego and back again? No, just from just one, one way. One way, I think. 
takes weeks. What is he have to do in the covered wagon? <laughs> All right, sorry. sorry. I apologize. Watch out for typhoid and accidentally breaking an ankle. Mm-hmm. Don't try and cock the wagon to ford the river. Just no, just pay, 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 pay the, the ferryman. Pay the ferryman. And if you know what, don't shoot so much buffalo when you're getting food. I know it's a lot of fun. You're not going to be able to carry it. But if you do, to rot. spin around wildly in a circle. <laughs> also, you chose being a doctor, right? Because that means you'll win. Anyway, since a long portion of that drive features areas with three radio stations, two for Jesus Talk and one for country music, I needed Which podcasts. Which is kind of Jesus Talk to music. <laughs> I wanted to say that you, uh, that aside from Elliot's comforting nebbishy tendencies reminding me of my Northeast Jewish liberal home, your podcast brought only disaster. What? Around the Nebraska-Iowa border... <laughs> I was listening to an old... <laughs> that was an audio double take. That was Stuart having a spit take at what he heard. Around the Nebraska-Iowa border, I was listening to an older episode where Stuart, after casting the three of you in a Night Court remake, <laughs> asks... This is a weird podcast. Can huh? we do that? <laughs> Can we do that? <laughs> I remember that one. Elliot's incredulous response sends all of you, and subsequently me, into a chaotic laughing fit. At this point, I laughed so hard, I yanked the steering wheel, dropped my water bottle, and was then pulled over for erratic driving by an Iowa State trooper. Oh, no. Oh, shit. (laughs) Since Stuart from the Flophouse doesn't seem to grasp the necessary copyright law clearance, (laughs) cast availability, and or time-traveling machines needed to recast the initial night court didn't seem like a valid excuse... I accepted the $130 ticket. Whoa, Holy shit. That's expensive. Despite being my my being a student with no discernible income, the cost was well worth the entertainment you guys provided during my trip. Keep up the good work. Well, I'm glad to hear that's that. That's crazy. That's I'm nuts. sorry. We are very sorry, and I'm sure Dan will make it up to you with uh, a check in your name to tr- for double the amount. My, the my, only hopes, your my only hope I mean, it will be a check that I've trooper. drawn. It's not a real check. <laughs> I mean, I meant a check person oh. from, like, the Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. My only hope is that state trooper at some point will listen to that podcast, hear the same thing, yeah. and then and when he like, pulls over, be like, wait a minute, yeah. while tapping his chin, and like, then send play. him a refund. Because yeah, the re- money was given to the state trooper, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, Yes, that's how it works. Yeah, that's They'll what they live off of. the government check yeah. and the... That is, I will, I am very sorry. I feel bad that we caused you to lose your money and, and reputation on the island. But think of the joy. Board. But at least all he lost was money. Like, it wasn't like he laughed so hard that That'd he... Be I wrenched the steering wheel and my leg went through the windshield. But it was <laughs> worth him, it. Or like his little ghost came out of him like in the Roger Rabbit movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know when those uh, little cartoon guys laugh themselves to death and the little oh, ghost comes right. out. I mean, yeah. just, he, should, he, he should just be happy he did not run over a gypsy. Who bestowed the dreaded thinner curse on That's him? True, that would have been terrible. It would have probably splashed over onto us too. Yeah. Not a lot of gypsies on the Iowa-Nebraska border. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've been say, working on your gypsy research. One of the places you're not going to find too many gypsies just wandering the roads. I, I thought that was where gypsies lived, is wandering around. <laughs> yeah, not so much in the middle of the country. Oh, okay. So we're running. Uh, we're running long a little bit. I mean, uh, it's funny. Some of that may have been just because we were so worried about uh, the the audio quality of this podcast. Yeah, you'll edit that out, right? I don't know that I will. <laughs> but uh, so uh, we apologize that this is a lengthy podcast today. But uh, maybe we should give just a speed round of maybe some horror movie recommendations. I default. Just some I titles about the recommendations. Okay, that's I forgot. I thought we were done already. Uh, 
I want. I desperately want to hear that Night Court thing again. I'm gonna have to find what episode that was in. I think I'll figure it out. I've forgotten. I've forgotten all that we've recommended in the past. Do that. <laughs> I've forgotten all that we recommended in the past, but I would like to say that uh, I feel like the Frighteners is an underrated movie. Sure, I agree. it's a very fun movie. A Peter Jackson film that people have forgotten unjustly. Uh, a lot of laughs, a lot of thrills, just just a lot of fun. No spills. Mm-hmm. Well, a few chills. Yeah, and a couple guys named Bill. Mm-hmm. Bill it. What? What horror movie are you going to recommend? Oof, this is a tough one. What old-timey-ass horror movie are you going to recommend? It won't necessarily be an old-timey horror movie. Dust anyway, off your uh, I showed real, real Island projector. of Lost Souls a couple of weeks ago. Oh, it was a great movie. Island of Lost Souls, uh, I screened recently uh, with special guest John Hodgman discussing the movie with me afterwards. It went over very well with a modern audience, which I thought was great. And it was just released on the Criterion Collection, which is probably a pretty nice print of it. So I would say Netflix or buy... Island of Lost Souls. Uh, it's a really crazy and short horror movie, but very fun. Stu? Stu Rat? Um, normally, at this point in the podcast, I recommend Invisible Maniac or Castle Freak. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this will be no exception. And, uh, <laughs> and I was thinking back to another movie that I've recommended multiple times. Uh, Head of the Family. Head of the Family. <laughs> I'm starting to think you've only seen three movies. <laughs> But I want to recommend, this is an actual genuine recommendation, but when I think of Head of the Family, I think of the time that I first saw it, and at the same the same weekend, I also watched uh, Motel Hell, mm. which was not great. With Rory Calhoun. Yeah. But uh, there were some okay bits. I did like the, the bit where the uh, people were buried up to their necks. Uh, one good. of them uh, was uh, John Ratzenberger from TV's Cheers. Yeah. So if you want to relive the experience Stuart had when he was in high school, <laughs> where the first weekend he saw Head of the Family, he watched that, and uh, I think the original Night of the Living Dead. No, no, no. Return of the Living Dead. And Motel Hell in a back-to-back uh, three-show. That's what they call it. Three-peat. A three-show. <laughs> uh, so you should do that. That's my recommendation. Watch those three movies. So you can relive the Stuart Wellington high school experience. Right. Is there anything else they need to do to be you in high school? Uh, I mean, like a basement, maybe, yeah. or yeah, I was uh, in a basement. A lot of like a lot of like, snacks, maybe like a frantic were, masturbation. Mountain yeah, Dew. You were always rolling. I was masturbating. Die. I was masturbating a lot during head of the family. <laughs> sure, <laughs> understandable. During head of the class, right? <laughs> of the, the well, TV yeah, series? of course. Yeah. You had a big Arvid fetish. <laughs> I did. So uh, let's let's. Uh, Let's say goodbye, guys. And good night. It's been beautiful uh, spending a little time with you. I've been Dan McCoy. <laughs> this, are we, what? Are we are you poisoning us when this is over? What's going on? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm just saying it's it's sad that we'll never see each other again. I don't know why. I mean, I, I'll it's see weird. you tomorrow. No, trust me. You're, you're, is that why you put? On, is that why you finally put on the fucking speedos? <laughs> no, I'm just you know the last thing you see me. before you die. Burned into your retinas. It's Stan's wiener. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Covered by, a little, covered by a little bow tie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm Elliot Kalen. Good night. I'm, yeah, I'm Stuart. Bye. <laughs> hey. Should I be doing this podcast in the text? You know? I think so, yeah. Yeah, do you got it underneath? Are those oh, fucking snap pants? Oh, yeah, I can, I can take it down. Here you oh, go. man. Okay, I changed my vote. <laughs> Change the mode. Hold on. The trick is, dude, before you put on the tuxedo, you get it into a partial and then you wrap a rubber rubber band around your shirt. Sure. 
I was talking to my friend Nigel, who had a friend who was a male stripper for a while. Oh, uh, that's a secret? Yeah, but apparently Wouldn't the thing was... Wouldn't that cut off your circulation eventually? Yeah, well, that apparently it hurt really bad to take the rubber band off at the end of the night, and I... No amount of additional income could compensate me for ding-dong pay. 